Let's it fly. Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. That's right, that's right. It is another edition of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello, and I am your host, as always, bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And today we have our historic first ever off-season podcast in the history of this show, in the six-month history of this show. So you'll recall uh, after our last show during St. John's first four loss to Arizona State, I let it be known that if if news permitted during the off-season, we would do a show and we would recap it. And unfortunately, news has already permitted. And unfortunately, it is all negative pretty much for the Red Storm with uh, two departures, two big departures uh, in this program. Uh, Shamori Pons at the end of last week declaring officially for the NBA draft, ending any speculation that he might uh, come back for his senior year. He is de- he's declaring for the draft and uh, and signing an agent. So he is signed, sealed, and delivered out of St. John's after three really historic years with the program. And then earlier this week now, we get the long-rumored news and finally the confirmation that assistant coach Matt Abdelmasi is leaving the program to join Fred Hoiberg in, uh, in Nebraska, whom he coached and was an assistant with at Iowa State a few years back. So he has gone after four years with the program really as their lead and really only recruiter uh, over the past four years of the Chris Mullen era. So a lot to replace for the Red Storm heading into next year, both on the roster and on their coaching staff, and a lot to discuss Luckily, I have uh, Zach Braziller of the New York Post to join for a third time in this podcast history. He comes on and we talk uh, a little bit about both Pons and Abdelmasi. We give a little bit of a recap of this season, but also dive into uh, early next season, you know, how the roster is shaping up, how the coaching staff might shape up, and really expectations, reasonable expectations at this point for the Red Storm in 2019 and 2020. So that's what today's episode is going to be. It's going to be an interview with Zach Braziller of the New York Post. I hope you guys enjoy, and I will be back on the other end to wrap this show up. Okay, so I'm now joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Zach Braziller of the New York Post. Uh, really just a uh, college sports reporter for them. I saw that you were in uh, in D.C. last week covering the uh, the East Regional Finals and Semifinals. Got to see Duke lose. That's always good. Uh, saw a couple great games heading to the Final Four. Uh, Zach, first question, I guess, how did, how did your bracket do? Did you? Uh, well, thank you for joining us, first of all, and how did your bracket do? How many, how many Final Four teams did you get? Uh, I only hit on Virginia. Um, I, the night of, you know, the, the night, I'm in the office for selection Sunday, so like the night of, uh, the, uh, the release, you know, we make the picks and in the office, um, in the paper. Mm-hmm. I was picked, I was, I, I toyed with picking Michigan State, but I ended up staying with Duke, so that, that didn't work out well. Oh, yeah. And Florida State and, uh, Kentucky also. Okay, well, not terrible. Um, yeah. Well, I saw you, I saw you picked, uh, you picked Michigan State before the game, right? So you, you had that right, at least. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, I can't, you know, I, I think, um, Michigan State was playing better. Mm-hmm. I thought I was fine. I thought I, I didn't think it was going to be as close as it was. I, I thought Duke would be out of gas. Mm-hmm. Um, you 
Exactly. Um, but we, we do have to talk about a team. We have you on to talk about a team that is very, very far from the Final Four right now. Um, I remember the first time I had you on, I jokingly asked when I should be buying the tickets to Minneapolis for the St. John's Final Four. Thank God I didn't do that. But um, but uh, the St. John's, they are obviously nowhere near Final Four. Um we're here to talk about mostly negative news as we, we texted last night. It's, it's not going to be a whole lot of positive news in the last week uh, for St. John's. Obviously, with the departures, we'll start with Shimori Pons. Um, mostly expected, I think. Most most people saw this coming. Most people were happy just to really have him back for a third year in, uh, in Queens. I like an idiot, let myself get a little bit excited that he might be coming back for his senior year, but on the most, it's not really a shock. Uh, from what you heard, was there any sort of decision to be made for Shimori, or was it kind of, you know, easy decision for him that he was going pro no matter what at the end of this year? Yeah, in his mind, he was gone. I mean, you know, I think the expectation was in the program all along was he was gone. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't know if his people around him felt differently. I think his dad may have kind of felt a little differently. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the kid was, the kid in his mind was this was his last year in school and he was going pro. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know how much it would help him to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to be at best a mid to late second round pick. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's, I think he needs to get punched in the face a little bit, honestly. <laughs> I think he needs to kind of get, get a dose of reality here and, you know, and I, and I think he's going to get it. I think he's probably, if he gets paid, will be in the 50s. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. going to have to go through the G League. Um, he's going to have to tighten up a lot of things he wants to be an NBA player I mean, he's going to have to you know his, his shot flush is going to have to get a lot better mm-hmm. he's going to have to play much better defense he's going to have to get stronger mm-hmm. um, you know I mean he wore down this year I don't have any doubt about it um, he started really well and then by mid-January he was wearing down and you know we, we saw that late in the year mm-hmm. um, you know I, I know NBA people don't love his attitude um, they don't think he gets as much out of his ability as he should. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still think there'll be that team or two that thinks, hey, we can, we can unlock it. And so I do think he'll get picked. Mm-hmm. But right. well, uh, well, unless he just allows a workout, I can't see him going higher than like the mid to late 40s. Yeah, and I think as with a lot of guys in this draft, or in every draft really, it depends on the situation obviously, but it's definitely going to be an, an uphill battle for him. Um, now, your colleague, Mike Vaccaro, wrote a column right, really right after the season ended that said he thought that Shimori should be coming back for his uh, for his senior year. I, I don't know where I fall on this. I, I think that to, I kind of agree with you that I don't know if his stock, and this is not a knock on Shimori, I just don't know if his stock is going to get any higher than what you said, you know, a mid to late second rounder. I just think that's his NBA stock. So why would you wait one more year to come back and risk an injury to where you're not even going to have a chance to get drafted? That's that's kind of how I feel. 
Yeah, I mean, I, look, I can see both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I get um, why he why he left. I get why he left. I, you know, I get why maybe he people think he should have stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he is young, um, so it's not, you know, as long as he's a twenty-two year old junior, he's. 20 yeah. years old mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I you know but uh, I I also never fault the kid who wants to get paid to, to play exactly yeah. That is. yeah you you, know? you can't fault so. him for wanting to get money and then for you know whether it be uh, G League overseas wherever he ends up you can't fault the kid for, for wanting to get paid you know especially with his talents where he has a talent to get paid um, so we know Marvin Clark is gone obviously we know that Shimori is gone obviously we can assume that LJ Figueroa is back I think safely assume so to round out the starting five from last year Mustafa Heron Justin Simon uh, have you heard anything one way or the other with either of them Heron maybe going pro Simon maybe uh, grad transferring have you heard anything either way with one of them yeah I think both will be back mm-hmm. um, I thought Simon could test the waters um, but I, I don't think either is going to graduate okay. so I don't think either can grad transfer Okay. Um, so I, I think both will be back um, now we never know you never know how things can change mm-hmm. um, but from what I've heard I, I think the expectation is both um, will be back okay so I mean that um, go ahead so I think they'll be back mm-hmm. um, I've heard at least for now uh, Roberts and, and Josh Roberts and Greg Williams will be back I can see triple transferring yeah me too um, mm-hmm. I can see Kata being gone mm-hmm. I can see Erlington uh, leaving and going to play football at Rutgers as we had heard was a possibility yeah uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah for now I think you know I, I think your, your big losses are are, are gone I mean look you could all, I, I could I would I be stunned if you know the two big freshman leave or Sharon following no I wouldn't be stunned no mm. but I think at least for now the expectation is that they'll they'll be back. Mm-hmm. So I mean that gives St. John's not a not all of their core back, but a good amount of it back. The Big East is obviously going to be a lot better next year than it was this year, which is going to be a problem for them. But at least they'll have some uh, returning. I want to talk a little bit about the new guys now. Um, I, I don't know a lot about these. I don't really follow recruiting all that much. I know Cam Mack is, was a junior college kid. He's going to be kind of Shimori's replacement. Uh, could you give maybe a quick rundown of, of what you know about his skill set along with the other newcomers, uh, the care her kid from uh, what was it, Cal Baptist or Houston Baptist, I think, and then the two big guys that they co- got coming in, uh, Steer and Manuel. Yeah, I mean, Matt's a point guard. He's really talented. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard he's, he's a little like uh, Marcus Lavette. Okay. Uh, maybe not quite as talented, but he's, he's a good player. He put up great numbers at Juco, and, uh, you know, they're counting on him to be the guy, obviously. Um, you know, I. Uh, I think Steer is the one I'm most looking forward to. I mean, he was a big-time recruit at NC State. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he's a really 6'9", 260. He's a big guy. He's got skill. Um, I, that, 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 to me, is a guy I could see starting from day one. Um, he's clearly got ability. I've heard a good thing about Canada. He's, a, he's a, the freshman of the year. Um, 
at uh, Houston Baptist. Mm-hmm. He can shoot the ball. He's, he's a pure shooter, which is really something they've needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, then Eli Wright is, from what I've heard, he's a very good athlete. He's kind of a combo guard. He can defend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've heard questions about his basketball IQ, but he's she's got a lot of ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll see. I mean, they're they're adding some talent. There's no doubt about it. They are adding some size. Um, you know, so I don't think every, it's all bad. I mean, if they can keep Heron, Simon, and two freshmen, then you add these players, and if they add something else, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Um, still, obviously, it's so much so much up to the end. <laughs> Always, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who they're going to bring in to replace Matt mm-hmm. you know, will it be another opening which I've heard is possible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll we'll see I mean mm-hmm. but I don't I don't think that the Duvid group it might not be as bad as some people think no because I, I think that they're they're certainly losing more than they're bringing in but I think that they're if this this is, might sound weird, but they're bringing in stuff that they needed, which, like you said, are shooters and big guys, which they didn't really have this year. So they're, I think they're bringing in things that they were lacking from last year's team, at least. So, you know, might not be a terrible season, but obviously we're months away from that. Uh, I want to yeah, talk. I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. To me, you can have more of a more of a standard roster. Yeah, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. More of a you know bigs and guards and shooters and you know. This year, where you just have so many wings and guards, mm-hmm. and and you should be a little bit deeper too. I would I would assume with all these guys coming in, where they really played what seven guys this year. You know, you should have a little right, bit more right. depth. Um, let's talk about recruiting though. Yesterday, it became official. Matt Abdelnasi, the ace recruiter of this staff, uh, he's gone. He went to Nebraska with Fred Hoiberg. Um, in my opinion, and I mean, you know, Twitter obviously everything is either the best or the worst. Um, some people are saying, you know, this is a catastrophic thing for St. John's. They'll never be able to recover for this. Uh, others are saying that, you know, this is good. Matt did nothing. And, you know, neither of those are correct. I think that you have to give Matt credit for what he did to, for this program. To, when you look at the talent level that there was four years ago when he came in to what it is at now or what it has been really the last really the last two seasons, you have to give him credit. But at the same time, you can criticize him a little bit for really relying heavily on transfers and on JUCO kids, which you can do, but I don't think that that should be the focus of your roster. I mean, you look at this roster, they had really four of their five starters and four of their five impact players were, were transfers, uh, either JUCO or from other schools. I don't think that you build a roster with transfers. I think that you kind of bring them in to supplement guys that you've been recruiting. And to be honest, I thought Matt left a little bit on the table in terms of recruiting high school kids and especially recruiting in the New York area. I mean, you covered New York high schools. I used to as well. There's a lot of talent here in New York, and I just don't know if Matt fully tapped into that to where someone who is brought onto the staff can replace that. Yeah, I mean, look, he had um, I, I thought for the most part he did a good job, but to me the problem is really was the system. You know, you had one guy doing the recruiting of an entire staff, and that just is not the way things happen, especially at the high major level. I mean, they you need more than one guy, and so when you're one guy doing all this, making all these decisions, you're going to have mistakes. You know, I I saw one one real big mistake was they stopped recruiting Hassan French a few years ago for Zach Brown. You know, mm-hmm. Zach Brown never came close to making it. Hassan mm-hmm. French become a very good player at St. Louis. Mm-hmm. You know, a big kid, a good rebounder. That's someone who 
really could have helped. Um, I know a few years ago, um, when they first started, they, they went to Malik Ellis, who was better half of Gallo, who was in and that mm-hmm. clearly was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, there were mistakes, and you could say they relied on the transfers too much, and that's all fair. Um, but to me, the big problem was you had one guy doing the job of the entire staff in terms of recruiting, and you need more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually I actually tweeted that right when it came out. I said, I don't know who thought it was a good idea to have one guy do the job of the entire staff. I know Slice used to be here, but still, having you know these last couple of years be just Matt, I, I just don't know who thought that was a good idea and that was going to work, like you said. Um, but, you know, for, for now, we, right now, really, the, the staff is, is Mullen and Mitch Richmond. My question to you is, is why should we have any confidence in in the immediate future right now that Mullen and Richmond are going to get any sort of recruiting done. And then, you know, when a new, when a new assistant is brought in, presumably soon, they're not going to be just a recruiting guy. I assume they're going to be some X's and O's too, because Matt was just recruiting. So why should I have confidence? Can you sell me on why I should have confidence on Mullen and Richmond, maybe stepping up their recruiting game a little bit now that it's really necessary going forward? Um, I think the reason you, you can have confidence in you know, Mike Craig is you're the athletic director who really knows what it takes to build a winning program. Okay. That to me is the reason you can have confidence. In the short term, yeah, I, I would not have confidence in the players. <laughs> I don't, we, look, we got to see who they bring in as an assistant. I've heard rumors there's going to be a second opening here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be big sure Greg St. Jean's get reassigned okay. or, or leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they definitely need a second new assistant. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now with Kudo as a place, I, I don't see how they're getting players. And and that's a, a huge problem, obviously, because this time of year, especially in the transfer for market, is, is huge. To not have anyone recruiting right now is a problem, obviously. And and, and I just I, I wonder like 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 what what are Mullen and Richmond doing right now? Because I know if a lot of fans want to know. Do you know what they're doing right now? Are they looking for a new assistant? Are they recruiting at all? Like like what what are they doing right now? Yeah, well, I know. Um... Mullen met with Mike Craig again yesterday. Okay. Um, I have heard they. I have heard that there is some recruiting going on by the CNC. Um, I, I talked to someone on staff who, you know, said they they didn't feel like the time was right to put any information out, but they are at least trying. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, to recruit. Um, but yeah, there really isn't any information out. Um, <laughs> As usual. So I mean, we'll see. I mean. Like, is there? Are they recruiting? Yeah, I think they're trying. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think at least Greg is definitely trying. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, do I have confidence they're going to get any any players that are going to help until they bring in some new assistant? No, mm-hmm. I, I I think it would be foolish to say I'm confident mm-hmm. um, <laughs> because that was the person who brought in all players. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I so I understand. For everyone who has doubts, um, I, I can respect that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I have my, my doubts as well. No doubt about it. If you had to, to handicap, I saw you named a couple of 
uh, potential replacements yesterday on Twitter. If you had to, to pick who you think would be the favorite right now to replace Matt, or you said there might be two openings, uh, who do you think that they're leaning towards right now at this moment? Or if you had to guess in a couple weeks, who, who would be the new guy? I, I don't think they're leaning towards anyone. I think they're okay. doing their due diligence. I think they're kind of thinking about things. I do think they're thinking outside the box too. I've heard they're, they've even maybe considered uh, some AAU people. Okay. Uh, I, I think, you know, I, I think Tom Picor and Mark Zoo are probably the two, two of those four names are probably the two have the two leading candidates okay. for coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I wouldn't handicap and say one is likely or the other, or they're, they're, or one is even likely. Um, you know, I don't think they they got to that point yet. Um, but I mean, look, they they can't mess around here. They no, have to, they have to get this done fast. It's urgent. Like every day they don't bring someone in. Exactly, exactly, yeah, because other schools are making moves right now, and, and the fact that they are really kind of sitting, they can't be sitting on their hands, and they kind of are, obviously it just happened, but I, I'd assume that they, they knew about this, they knew that this was certainly a possibility, right? <laughs> so, yeah, no, this could not catch anyone by yeah. off guard, I mean, they, they, they knew this was coming, um, so yeah, I mean, they're... I don't think caught them off guard, but still, they they kind of move quick here. <laughs> they gotta get going. <laughs> so, um, one final question for you: At the uh, when I talked to you way back in October, I remember we uh, we did a preview of this season, and then you gave your prediction, your win total prediction. I think you said about and anywhere from like twenty two to twenty four wins. So you almost hit it on the head. Uh, I think we both thought they would be a lot better in Big East play. That was certainly a disappointment. So uh, I'm not going to ask for a record, but your way too early outlook for the uh, the 2019-2020 season, where do you see them finishing in the Big East right now? It, it's probably going to be a down year, right? Yeah, I, I, I can't. I don't expect them to be in the top half of the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look, we got to see what the roster is mm-hmm. and, and everything, but... I think the league's going to be very good next year. I think it's going to be a six or seven bit league. Mm-hmm. I think Sea Hall is going to be very good. Georgetown's going to be very good. Mm-hmm. Providence is going to be good. Marquette's going to be very good. Dover will be a little down because they're relying on so many freshmen. Mm-hmm. They'll be decent. Um, I think Xavier will be good. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'd be surprised if she finished as high as it is. Yeah, exactly. I, I think um, it's I think it's one of the bottom three right at this moment. I think it's bottom three. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, yeah. Teams are getting better and they're getting worse. Yeah, this this was kind of the year and they kind of missed their huge opportunity this season when the right. Big East, as we saw, is just not good this year. But, uh, yeah, thank you, Zach. Uh, it's kind of a melancholy note, obviously, to talk about this program, but thank you for uh, taking about 20 minutes out of your day to do so. You, you obviously do a great job. Uh, all season you did a great job. I thought you were very fair criticized when they need to be criticized and praised when they deserve to be praised. So thank you again for another awesome season of reporting. Thanks, man. Have a good one, all right? All right. And enjoy the Final Four. I'll try. All right. All right. Have a good one. Okay. Thanks once again to Zach Braziller of the New York Post for coming on and giving a little bit of a recap of the offseason so far and a look ahead to the offseason ahead for St. John's. 
uh, you know, I really do think that Zach does a fantastic job uh, covering this team. I think that we're all lucky to have him, and I do think he is one of the more connected reporters uh, to this program. So he did a great job there and does a great job as always. And I'm sure if if you're a St. John's fan, you know uh, where you can check out Zach. He'll be at the Final Four this week, as uh, as mentioned earlier. But that just about wraps up our our show for today. Um, and that wraps up the first of what's hopefully a couple of off-season shows. So like I said, you know, whenever news comes out this off-season, whenever there is uh, what I feel is enough news to do a podcast, I will try to get together and do one, try to get a guest on, and we'll, we'll do one just like we did today, you know, whether it be positive news or negative news. Uh, the dust hasn't really settled yet on the off season or on, you know, the immediate off season, obviously St. John still needs to hire an assistant coach. Uh, we still do need to know officially what guys like Mustafa Heron and Justin Simon are doing. We need to know what some bench guys might be doing. As Zach mentioned uh, earlier, guys like Brian Trimble, guys like Greg Williams, guys like Josh Roberts. We do have to see if they stick with the program or if they uh, head out somewhere else, CD Kata as well. So there is a, a lot more news to talk about, but eventually the dust is going to settle. I can't see a whole lot of, of um, you know, news coming out in the summer months in June, July, August. Uh, so in those months, I am going to try my best to, and I may have mentioned this earlier, I'm going to try my best to do some kind of long form uh, feature style interviews with, you know, notable guests and notable alumni to have some sort of connection either to St. John's or to the basketball program, either one. Uh, kind of similar to what we did if you're a longtime listener back in uh, in December during the holiday season with Billy Materatona. Uh, we had him come on. He talked about his coaching career in Long Island. He talked about his time as a walk-on at St. John's and he talked about his book that was coming out as well. So we have uh, done that in the past, and I'm going to try to, and I'm going to try to do that more and more uh, throughout the off season. So if you have any any leads, any uh, connections to people who you think would be a good uh, good interview to have on, I have I have one or two lined up already, and I have a couple that I want to try to reach out and get done. So if you have any any uh, thoughts on that, definitely hit me up. You know where to find me on Twitter at Troy Moriello, T-R-O-Y-M-A-U-R-I-E-L-L-O. Uh, you can hit me up on email as well, Troy.Moriello7 at gmail.com. If you have any leads, any um, you know any uh, people that you think would be good that I can reach out to, definitely let me know because that's something that I want to do to keep putting out podcasts throughout the summer when the news really isn't as scarce. And I think that we have a couple of cool interview subjects. You know, and we'll keep it reasonable. I don't think that we'll, we'll be getting any, you know, well, I don't think we'll be getting Chris Mullen on. I don't think we'll be getting Mark Jackson on. I don't think we'll be getting any uh, current players on or anything like that. Ron Artest, I don't think we'll be getting people like that. But, um, you know, this the, maybe the lesser known alumni uh, like Billy, no disrespect to him, but like Billy, who maybe, you know, fans might not know as much about or not as many fans know about, uh, I'd love to do something with people like that to kind of get their stories out there as well. So definitely let me know if you have any of those in mind, but that's just about wraps up the show here again i want to throw a huge thank you out there to every single person who listened who came on the show who sent in uh opinions about the show who sent in their thoughts uh about the team i I truly i don't want to name names because i'm going to forget someone and i don't want anyone to feel left out but seriously, thank you all for listening this season. Uh, if you would have told me back in October that I got through an entire season and put out, you you can go back and look, put out an episode every single week, uh, sometimes two episodes a week, I really, really would have been ecstatic. 
I couldn't have ever imagined that this uh, was as successful as it was, and that is all thanks to the uh, the listeners. So I really, really appreciate that. You know, we're not going to be cracking any top 100 lists or any any top 500 lists, but um, I really do appreciate the kind of nice uh, niche that we've carved. We've carved a nice spot for ourselves uh, with this podcast, and I really do appreciate it. And it's thanks to everyone who has helped out from you know real uh, professional or you know reporters who do this for jobs like Zach to collegiate reporters to just fans to my own father came on to friends everyone in between thank you all for uh, for your support both on Twitter and both through listening I, I truly would not have kept doing this if the audience was not there and you guys were all there throughout the year so I really really appreciate all the support uh, in there and I hope that we can keep this going now throughout the off season uh, work permitting I really would like to keep this going now into next season as well so thank you all for listening and I'll be back hopefully sometime soon with another off season news kind of podcast like this one so for the first time this off season let's go Johnny's